Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I just want to thank you for flying with CWP Airlines today. Where we are heading, it is an ugly 54 degrees and raining. It's about 15 hours ahead. So please take your seats, buckle up, because we are going down under. That's a lovely accent you have. New Jersey? Austria. Austria? <laughs> well then... <laughs> Good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the beast herself, Catherine. What's up, guys? And all the way over across the pond on the phone. No, 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 no. Across the pond is Europe. This is like... Oh, yeah. I guess I said that wrong. <laughs> across all the way the fuck over there on the other side of the world. Uh, we got Scott Jackson, also known as Scruff Dog. Hey, guys. Hey, gown. <laughs> was the interwebs was how we were going to say it. Oh, yeah. Obviously forgotten. Whatever. Anyway. Uh... Long time no talk, everybody. Uh, yeah, I know I've been gone for a little bit, but we're back in action. Got a very special guest on on today. Uh, I can't talk. It's because you've been out of this for a bit. <laughs> You're a little rusty here. Yep. Uh, anyway, Scott. Scruff, I, I just know you as Scruff Dog, man. You're in my phone as Scruff yeah, Dog. So that's probably what you're going to be called, the Scruffy. Who are you? Where are you from? Let's hear about you. Yeah, well, so, yeah, Scruff scruff Dog Jackson. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, basically, I got, well, I got, I'll start with the nickname. I got the nickname back in the day when I was an apprentice working on the railways. So, like, we'd do a nine-day, nine-day on, five-day off swing, and young alcoholic just... <laughs> Swinging spanners, working in the middle of absolutely nowhere, living on a camp. I'd come home for the five days off and just get on it pretty heavy, run an absolute fuck, and then uh, head back out for another 10 days or nine days straight. So after you do that for about four or five swings without a haircut or a shave, you start looking like a pretty homeless bum. And then, yeah, I managed to get the, uh, get the nickname of Scruff. I was just a the, that scruffy guy Makes running sense. around. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> so uh, yeah. where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from New South Wales, so the east, southern east coast of, of Australia. Um, I'm in Queensland now, so that's a, a contentious point at the moment. There's a big footy game happening <laughs> with uh, state versus state. So Footy as yeah, in so like... Soccer? Uh, foot, no, foot, football, uh, rugby league. Rugby. Okay. All right. That was going to be my yeah. next guess. <laughs> What's that? So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so originally from down from down that way, from the um, Illawarra region, if anybody's half switched, switched on about it, but um, probably not. But anyway, so down that way, um, we end up moving, moving up to Queensland. Through my later years in high school, 
and that's when I sort of really knuckled down and worked out that maybe mechanicum would be my my go my go to. So through school, I was uh, worked at a feedlot, cattle feedlot. So out the back of out the back in the middle of nowhere. Um, that that mob there, they had a they had a um, like an on-site mechanic and repairer. He was an old cranky guy, but he was fixing all sorts of just jacked up stuff. And I tried to hang out with him a few times, but he just was did not have a bar of it. Eh? He just did no, no. You go, you go fix some fences. I'll do what I have to do. To leave me alone. But um, I always found what he did pretty interesting, and managed to uh, get an apprenticeship with the railways straight out of school. So there was no no partying out of school. It was basically I had my graduation, and within two weeks I had to find a place to live. About uh, yeah, about two hundred odd k's away from home. Hmm. So that was um, that was good fun. Try and find a share house when you're underage and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't joke um, around. Australia is tough. <laughs> like... <laughs> so because so I got this uh, got this apprenticeship as a um, railways mechanic. So. The funny thing about that is I never touched any trains, not one locomotive throughout my whole time with the railways. All the equipment that I worked on um, facilitated the maintenance of the railway. So we've got these machines that pick up the track, align it back to, to, to straight, and then lift it to make it level. Hmm. So not only that, so that's, that's your maintenance side of things, and then we'd have uh, we'd have a whole gang of machinery of about sort of fifteen odd fifteen odd machines all in a row, and they would be tearing out rotten timber sleepers and putting new ones in and tying them back down to the railway line and move on, move keep moving on. Timber sleepers, huh? We just yep. call them railroad ties here. I was say, I'm <laughs> assuming ties. that's what they mean as railroad ties. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm yep. gonna. So we got, I'm gonna pick up so much lingo that I'm just gonna start throwing at people, and they're just gonna stare at me and be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, no, all good. So yeah, they. Um, so I did. I did my apprentice. So all the, those were the the main machines that we would work on. But then you'd also we'd also work on. Um, they've got little cars with rail wheels on them to jump on the line and inspect the line. They'd also anything from the tractor with the slasher to keep the grass down to a chainsaw to help facilitate the the bridge bridgey guys to maintain the bridges chainsaws whippers nippers box trailers the the full works of just random crap so yeah so for so the apprenticeship was about four years there Uh, after i finished the apprenticeship they threw me in a ute Oh, actually, no, sorry. Before, after that, I jumped on the gang and spent about two years just doing that, doing that shift work, um, just following machines around, around South Queensland. So pretty much, it was, it was, it was a beating some days and other days you'd literally just pull up under a tree and sleep all day. 
there was you were you were there in case something broke down and nine times out of ten there was always someone gonna break something that day. <laughs> or a hose would blow or something. Sounds about but, right. <laughs> yeah. And other days you'd just be flat, just flat stick running around back and forth. Um, I think the furthest they got separated, so they can only work as fast as the front machine can work because it's only the railway machine. You can't just drive around them. Mm-hmm. Furthest, the furthest they were separated by was a good um, about forty odd k. So I don't know what that is in miles, but forty. <laughs> She's getting 40 on, we're gonna ask the Google. Google. <laughs> I feel like about I should forty kilometers. I feel like I should know this right now, but I don't. Sorry. It's a miles. some miles. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna ask the Google machine. Yeah, I, I do remember. I remember it being close to, um, close to an hour and a half driving down the railway line just to get to the back machine, just because the 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 road the road along the machine along the the railway line was terrible. So, forty kilometers calculates out to twenty four point eight five four eight miles. So like almost oh, they're, 25 miles. Thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts, roughly. Because I don't get this. How is one kilometer 0.61 miles? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> one like one it, kilometer is a thousand meters, if that helps. No. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> the don't, only metric system yeah. I know is eight millimeter up to whatever, 30 millimeter, you know? Don't get me wrong. I don't understand why the U.S. does not do the metric system when everywhere else does. Like, the U.S. is the oddball out, which, I mean, that makes sense. We're the oddball out, of course, but... We'll, we'll add that to the grind my gears segment. Grind my gears. That really why don't we have the metric system? <laughs> anyway, sorry, man. Go on with your... Yeah, really? yeah so... They those those machines would move around to move around Queensland. So there's between the two states, the gauge of the railway line, the width of the railway line changes. Back in the day, really? don't ask. It's a, there's a history lesson there. If you want to know, you can Google it. I'll Google it. I'll add but, it to the Google. <laughs> so we only stuck we only stuck to Queensland. Um, so I spent spent that time there, and then they picked up the machines and headed north. Um, that was a bit too far. I wasn't getting paid a great deal. I was only getting paid the around the twenty twenty four dollars an hour mark at the time, like just still um, above the fourth year sort of apprentice wage, but not nothing high. The guys that I was working with and teaching them how to read a schematic, they were on thirty five bucks an hour. So for them to want to ship me across state to do the same work for less money, I was like, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stay home, thanks. Um, so they threw me in a uh, in a service little service ute, and I would uh, service those those track maintenance gangs in southeast Queensland, and that was your box trailers, your whippersnippers, inspections of general plant and all the rest. But that got pretty old, pretty damn quick. Being young and hungry, wanting more, wanting more money. Mm-hmm. Wanting to actually prove yourself, um, I still say it would be it'd be a great gig today to be in that. But if I was fifty, <laughs> and that's all that's all we wanted to do was just drive around and just pack pack little box trailer wheel bearings and start a whippersnipper once in a while. And well, so I know we're not really supposed to get into questions yet, but 
is the rail system there like so here it's union pacific or bnsf right yes uh union pacific's basically nationwide i believe why are you asking me i don't know i just figured you might know some shit uh anyway if you <laughs> I if see you them on the train track if you start at like let's just say union pacific young and you make a career out of it the pay is not the best but they have great benefits and bomb ass retirement is that how the rail uh company is there too yeah pretty much yeah yeah if you can um once you're in you're in basically mm-hmm. and you can be in for life so at the age of i wasn't i was uh 19 they hit me up to be uh, oh if you if you're here another 12 months or so you can be a service manager it's like i really don't want to be a service manager at the age of bloody 20. yeah i want to still be swinging tools i want to see the world oh yeah but but yeah so some of those some of those guys were in that in those same roles for a good 50 years my mentor there in the railways he started his apprenticeship and he died he died with the railways Mm. so he spent 57 years i think it was that was his career as a mechanic wow that's good his apprentice, his apprentice ended up being his boss. Oh, no which shit. Is, which wow. is crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. So uh, where'd you end yeah. up going from the, the rail deal? So, so in about 2012, after the railways, I decided that it wasn't for me. I wanted a bit more and scored a gig with the local John Deere dealer, ag dealer. Mm. I was a tractor mechanic. Um, so I've moved around a little bit there, um, from where I live, there was a small ag dealer in the town that I'd lived in and I was traveling about 40 minutes, um, to the dealership that I was working with, mm-hmm. um, with about, in about 12 months or so, they realized that I was driving that distance and asked if I want to transfer. So transferred down into the, the great Lockyer Valley where I am at the moment still and worked on tractors there. So I worked on tractors for close to seven years around the Lockyer Valley, um, doing everything and anything from your compact hobby tractor all the way up to, uh, we had a couple of older super scrapers kind of deal. Hmm. So there was a pretty wide range. Whilst I was there, based the transition between your medium ag up to your large ag, a lot of farmers were starting to move towards the larger ag sort of things. So guys that would have your, your six series tractors were now starting to buy eight series by the time I was leaving. Wow. So, <clears throat> um, so yeah, so seven years there and then the construction deer construction gig started to, to fly off the handles. So I decided there's no better time than, than now to, try and score an opportunity there and I jumped ship straight into construction and I've been running running deer construction for the last nearly four years now. Isn't it just so much better? Oh. It, yeah, I've, I've been trying to keep it on the down low because tractors are shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I, I... You're telling me you don't miss your combines? Every so often. Did you get to... Did you work on combines and corn choppers and all that shit over there? Not so much on the combine stuff. No, I worked on um, worked on a few cotton pickers early on in the piece. 
Um, I, I enjoyed the cotton pickers. They remind me a lot of the railway gear, mm. very hydraulic sort of yeah, hydraulic based. Um, so I managed to get around them pretty pretty easily. With other guys, it was a bit of a step. <laughs> but yeah, no, all the all the tractors all the way. I got to say though, they they do still hold a bit of a soft spot. Oh yeah, getting around and. You you watch something on TV and say, "Hey, hey John, there's John Deere in the background." <laughs> Anybody else catch that? No. Yes, I I see green stuff all the time. I'm like, I kind of miss it, but at the same time, I don't. Hey, <laughs> I have I have random questions here. So, when you're talking about being in Australia, you're talking about different states. This is a really ignorant question. Please hear me out. Everyone knows the United States has multiple states in it make it up does australia have multiple states in it or is it just australia with all these cities I, this is such a stupid question but i mean <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> no so we've got we've got multiple states uh it wasn't wasn't founded like the u.s okay. if that makes sense yes um to be honest i really have no idea how they founded the states <laughs> Yeah, this isn't, isn't a history. States, but... Sorry, I didn't mean to make this a history lesson. I just all I know about Australia is that they've got really big bugs. They've got kangaroos. They've Snakes. got koalas. <laughs> they have the Sydney Opera House. It's supposedly beautiful in some places, and it used to be where England took their prisoners and dropped them off. I'm yeah, sorry, much. I'm so sorry, man. I'm sorry. This is supposed to be man talk. This is curiosity questions, and then I will move on with my life, okay? <laughs> but no, the um, the whole states, I don't think anybody really, there's, there's no border border patrol or anything along those lines when you're driving from state to state. There's no currency change or anything along those lines. But a, a lot of it came to fruition with the old, when spicy cough sort of started taking off. What is and then, spicy cough? Uh, COVID. Oh, spicy cough. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's great because because here we call we call bees or wasps. We call spicy fly spicy raisins or something like that. Well, so our dog chases flies, and we call them uh, sky raisins. Sky raisins. And when he tries to get a bee, we call them spicy sky raisins. So where is it? Where are you going with all this? Sorry, spicy uh, cough. That's how we got here, okay? okay? Sorry. I wasn't sure if it was like the Spanish flu or something. (laughs) No, because old 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 spicy cough took over over Australia, and then that's when people really took notice of borders, basically. I am forever calling it that. All of a sudden, each state just shut their border down. So you couldn't, people that were living like on the border and had family like only a couple of a couple of k's or a, a mile or so away could not travel across the street basically mm. there was police lined up on the on the border and everything along those lines well why the fuck do they get to go outside then they should be in their house oh. too <laughs> oh yeah that was yeah it was it was great to be uh, it was like we're, we're still on an island people we just saw yeah. people coming in just yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. So anyway, 
Sorry, guys, for the woman over here ruining the show. I'm so sorry. I'm forever going to be fixated on spicy cough, okay? Um, I am forever calling it that. (laughs) So at your construction dealer, you're working on forestry stuff too, correct? Yeah, I get around a little bit of forestry. There's not a great deal in my immediate area, Mm. but I'll get... I'll get asked to jump in the truck and go go see what's going on sometimes. You know, now that you're talking about jumping in the truck and going, sometimes you share on your Snapchat that you're hopping on a plane, little puddle jumper plane, and you're flying. Are you flying to the other side of Australia, or wh- what are you doing on that? Uh, flying to the other side of the of the state. The state, basically. Okay. Yep. So. Um, by the time I start to drive anything more than, I think it's about, I think it averages around eight or nine hours. Mm-hmm. If I drive any further than, than that, it becomes justifiable to then get on a, get on a plane. So our company's got four of those little, little planes. Uh, we've got two real tiny little buggers. Mm-hmm. So some of the ag guys in the company have, those mechanics have a pilot's license. So they will literally get a tool bag, throw it in the seat next to them. As long as it weighs less than a person or around the same weight as a person with their, any parts in the back and they'll fly out to a property in the middle of nowhere, that property will have a landing strip, all the rest of it. Eight or nine hours, one direction. Yeah. One direction. Yeah. And you have, that's it. We're moving to Australia. We're not. <laughs> he says you've always wanted to learn how to fly, okay? <laughs> That's I can't crazy. believe you guys have planes. I mean, that... We're all froze. Oh. oh. Well, you're still there. Yeah, there we, there we go. Ah. <laughs> I can't believe you guys have planes. I mean, that absolutely blows my mind. Uh-oh. I don't think he can hear us. We're going to go ahead and stop, fellas. And we're back. Had some technical difficulties there, but we're back in action. So, we were talking about planes and trains and automobiles. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I uh, mean, I realize that Australia is massive, like it's large, but I, I didn't realize that it was that big. So, are you the only dealership local? Because why are you traveling so far? The way, uh, so the way the dealership has taken John Deere Construction, it's it, it took John Deere Construction off another dealership, mm. another OEM, basically. So they broke ties, and so the dealership I'm with now is basically started from started from scratch. So I found myself in a very fortunate position where I've been able to understand understand the machinery that the construction machinery that we're working on. And because I was I'm based out of one of the the larger head offices in within Australia, plus there's an airport pretty close by as well. Um yeah, I was basically the go to if mm. if 
shit hit the fan. I can um, I can drive twenty minutes straight to the airport and be on a plane. Crazy. So you're the top scruff dog then. Okay. I was gonna say I remember yeah. I remember when our dealership there we go. When our dealership announced that they were taking over um the Australian, you know, branches, I guess, and then they shipped off my favorite GM to Australia. Um but I remember when they were talking about that and he came back and visited us and he was telling us about how it just completely took off and completely caught the dealership by surprise that it was going to take that much of a, I mean, foothold there. They were just mind blown. And I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys were struggling for a while to get machinery and, and parts down there, weren't you? Because they didn't expect the demand that they got. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we struggled. We were getting uh, motor graders delivered in shipping containers i remember that crazy yeah so that um most of the most of the reason for that was the cost behind it mm-hmm. roll on roll off was um was a good cup about five grand dearer than having the machine torn apart and put in a shipping container but then at the moment now with the way things are at the moment we're getting we're getting roll on roll off pretty soon hmm. it's it's Got a full full one eighty, and now that's cheaper than shipping containers. I'd be, I, I would almost imagine that the shipping containers would be more expensive once you factor in the building cost to put them back together than roll in, roll off. Yeah, well, see, so we could if if you're under if we had if you were under the pump, you could assemble a grader out of a out of a shipping container within a day, and that was two two guys just nonstop on it a nice working day and that's two guys that know what they're doing so once you start getting apprentices or, or tas to to put that stuff together then you've got to start factoring in the the rework it goes to site and that light doesn't work it goes to site and there's fault codes on the machine because <laughs> someone didn't plug something in properly like yeah shit, shit just starts getting getting missed so before we go too crazy on questions and interviewing and talking, I have a special request from a guest that was on episode two, Trent. You know, you know who he is. He wants to know if you can say cunt <laughs> for everybody. Because if you don't know, that's a very bad word here. When you guys use it, oh, as it's, like a calling, bad, it's a bad word here as well. But you just call everybody like that's like calling somebody an asshole over bitch. there or a bitch. That's like, oh my god, you might as well threaten them with murder here. I believe this is a Trent. Actually, I know this is a Trent request. Oh god. But yeah, at some point, well, like you were, like you were saying, like you were saying, we did. Um, we all have. We've all been around the convicts since. The start of Australia, basically. What so, it, meant. <laughs> it is. It's ingrained. It's ingrained into our culture. The uh, the swearing and the the curse cursive. Why you guys are so ruthless? <laughs> That's why we're so relaxed. You guys should try it more often. <laughs> I like to think that we're fair. No, we are not fairly relaxed here in in the U.S. of A. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't service trucks and stuff. 
you know. Oh yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. You got some wild ass service trucks over there. They look dinky. They got small little cranes on them. Are you are you okay with those setups, or would you change them? I it's way different than here, so yeah. we could talk about it. Yeah, so my so my truck it's a little cab over Hino three hundred series, and it is basically a little delivery truck, mm-hmm. flatbed delivery truck that they've bolted aluminium fucking boxes on, and it's a cunt. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So. <laughs> And it's got that weird foldable but, crane on it. Can you lift shit with yeah, it? Yeah, it's got a little I can lift I can lift shit. So it's a it's a high ab fold up crane uh-huh. on the back of it. Um it's it's good when you don't have a crane. When you need it, it's there, it's it's handy. It's a remote control, so it's it's a third set of hands. It's yeah. it's easy enough to deal with. But to be honest, we have um controlled lowering devices which are did you know? Do you guys have that over there? I don't think so. Um, so anything that lifts, oh, go ahead. lifts a load. Anything that lifts a load has to have these valves on the cylinder. Oh, as hose burst. Yes, yes, and no. Uh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's the best way I can put yeah, it. I don't so know yeah. if it's the same the, or different. Yeah, so it'd be very similar anyway. The, the so the high up crane has those stupid fucking valves on them Mm -hmm. so when you go to try and power the power the crane down or lower it nice and controlled it it doesn't doesn't want to lower Hmm. it'll hesitate and then it just drops so when you're trying to when you're trying to drop a pump in or a transmission in or or doing something that requires a little finesse does not it does not happen but is there service trucks over there like mine or or do they have like that big box and crane on the side? Oh no, no way, man. No, if, too much money. If that was getting around, yeah. If that was getting around, that's that's the dream, man. Everybody looks at you guys over in the states and be like, "Fuck yeah!" If only. Is it just because of money, or do they not have, I guess, service trucks of those size and capabilities there in Australia? Because I know I'd say the cost. Okay, I was gonna say because I know when I've been to Europe, they don't run the same vehicles and stuff over here. I mean, even their semi trucks are little dinky things in mm. Europe. So I was just curious if it was a cost thing or if it was an availability thing. A lot of it is is cost. The actual cost of the of the vehicle itself is phenomenal yes. over here. It I could see that because I think here they're what Three hundred fifty thousand no. to half a mil. No, I mean my truck. My truck's a small truck, and I think it was like one hundred forty something thousand. Which I don't know how different money currency is there to here, but that's that's a lot of money. But yeah, the big trucks I was running, I think those were like two hundred seventy thousand. Stupid. Yeah, so you'd be you'd be looking close to probably half a mil Australian dollars for that. For, for like that sort of larger setup, like your yeah, F550 or or something larger, even probably even those those Peterbilts would be up around that, and the, the Kenworths that you guys roll around in mm-hmm. would be up around that type of money. It's crazy. One Australian dollar is a sixty-eight United cents. Oh shit! Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was. Yeah, and then and then our fuel prices, our fuel prices are are ridiculous as well. I don't even Join want to talk the about club. it. <laughs> 
It's it's high here. <laughs> we live in Texas, which is an oil rich state, and I just paid four thirty nine a gallon, and I wanted to puke in my little Honda. <laughs> they go by liters there, babe. I know, I know. <laughs> I've been talking yeah, metrics. So. I think I think at the moment, what I drive, I think I drove past two dollars thirty a liter. It's not bad. So there's about four. There's about Four liters to a gallon, I think, mm-hmm. from memory. Oh, oh yeah, so that is it. It's about the same so, then. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a, bit, the same. A, bit, a bit more. Yeah, a bit more. <clears throat> four Whatever. liters to a gallon, and a gallon here is four thirty-nine. And you said a liter oh. there is what four? No. Oh. Sorry, what was that? What did you say a liter was there per liter? It's it was two dollars thirty or two around two dollars thirty. So four okay, liters so to a gallon. A little Come bit on, more, my bad. Like double. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so but no, uh, the the dream the dream would be the dream would be one of those one of those trucks he drives around in because if you've ever driven a little cab over truck, it sucks. So I'm gonna move over there and we're gonna start a business and we're gonna build service trucks. Okay. Hell yeah. I'll be in on that. So let's talk about your mechanic ticket deal. You were trying to explain it to me and I don't know what you're talking about. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's say say for instance over here you join the defense force and they make you a some sort of mechanic on their their, their equipment. When you leave the defense force it doesn't mean that you're nationally recognized here in Australia as a mechanic. So you could know how to swing spanners, but you don't have any piece of paper that justifies that work that you've done with the Defence Force as a legitimate trade. So to do, to be a mechanic over here, you have to do, you have to go through that college like four years of an apprenticeship or of of that college training to then be signed off by a competent mechanic to then get your piece of paper to say that you're 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 recognized to have the skills. So can you still be a mechanic without that? It just won't be good pay or you can't turn wrenches on somebody's shit at all. Oh, there's nothing stopping you from turning wrenches on shit. It's just that that uh, public liability and insurance. If you went to work for a me- mechanic shop mm-hmm. and you didn't have that certification, they're going to pay you less because you don't you don't have that that nationally recognised training. And if you fuck something up, insurance ain't going to pay ain't going to pay out because you won't you haven't been trained properly to to do that sort of job. Makes sense. Honestly, makes so much sense. I don't know why the hell we don't do that here. Yeah. That, that's not a thing here. Like, I mean, most of these people, there's rarely people that are coming out of tech schools and going into the field. I mean, most of these people were taught growing up. So, yeah. man, that's Australia's on to something here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that the main reason I sort of shot you that question because, yeah, just listening to some of the previous, previous episodes, it mm-hmm. was like, doesn't seem like you have, like, there, there's, there's a choice. You don't have to go to college if you don't yeah. want to over there. No. It's crazy. No, I, I mean, 
I don't think, I think the only people realistically that go to college are anyone that does a program through a dealership. So like Caterpillar or John Deere has programs that are funneled through like community colleges and they get their certification and training and stuff. But most of the time that's dealer sponsored. So that dealer has to sponsor you through that program. I don't think you can just go sign up and go do it. I don't think so. So. Ooh. Yeah. So do they, we used, I used to work for the same company that you work for. We had, we had a program for, what was it? AYF. Yeah. Do they do the same thing? Do they put people through school for your dealership? Yeah. Yeah. So the way, the way you have to do it, you have to find an employer that will take you on as an apprentice. Okay. So that's the, that's the cheapest way to do it. That's a free way of doing it. Basically you get paid to go to college. Yeah. The same thing here pretty much. Yeah. You can, you can do that. You can do that college course or college courses off your own back, but then you have to pay it yourself. If they, if they put you through school there, do you have like a contractual obligation for how long you have to work for them before you could say, move on to a different dealership? Cause I know that's here. Like if the dealerships here put you through a program, I think most of the time it's five years is how it's three to five, three to five or something like that, that you have to work for them. Yeah. It's sort of the, sort of the opposite, opposite way around. So the company has the obligation to keep you employed for the process of your apprentice apprenticeship. So if you get, so a lot of the time, halfway through, you'll get an apprentice that's second year in, he goes, fuck this. I can make more money. We're pushing trolleys down at the fucking grocery store. And he'll just, he'll just bail out. He'll just say that no, it's not for me guys. Here's my two weeks notice. See you later. I'm going to go push a, push a trolley or go drive a tractor. Yeah whatever they want to do. You have to break that contract somehow for them to fire you. So misconduct, misconduct or anything along those Don't lines. Punch somebody in the face. But yeah. Yeah. That'll get it. That'll get you out the door pretty quick. <laughs> but yeah, but, but the, the flip side to that is you do your, you do your schooling, you do your four years with the company. They sign you off as competent They they have no obligation to, to hire you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they can literally say yep so at the end of this year you've you're competent and that's it there's no position here available for you at this time best luck in the future and they walk out the door damn so, that's ruthless i mean that's awesome that is ruthless it doesn't normally it doesn't normally roll like that but it can i was gonna say with how i don't know how bad are technicians in demand in Australia? Cause here, I mean, we, I just had a conversation with my boss about this today where it just seems like you just can't find anyone that wants to come and do this job. I mean, you could literally hand them like 500 grand and be like, please come turn wrenches. And it just doesn't seem like you're getting people applying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same over here at the moment. It's, I would love to know where they've all gone because it sounds like a beach holiday somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to, love to go hang out with the, the rest invite. of my guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, we've got, we've got pretty, uh, pretty decent uh, resources getting dug out of the ground over here. So a lot of the mining industry is, is really taken all that, all that low hanging fruit 
Yeah. I could literally, I could literally double my income and work half a year if I decided to go do that. What? Like literally. What kind of minds do you have there? Like, what is coming out of those minds? Uh, predominantly coal, um, coal over here and on the east coast. Over the west coast, you've got a lot of iron ore, uh, and there's gold. There's, um, I think they're, they're even trying to start up a uranium mine at some point. Hmm. But yeah, so we've got we've got a lot of iron ore and a lot of coal. So I got a question regarding that. Here we have IMSHA. It's a certification for going down into the mines or like the, the OSHA mine sites. Mines. OSHA, IMSHA. Do you have to have any type of mine certification over there? Yeah, so there's um it's the same same deal as your trade cert. So you can do a like a nationally recognized um induction to that to that industry mm-hmm. as well as a um like a physical and all that sort of jazz. I can't think of it off the top of my head what it's called, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, most most pretty much all the mine sites, if they're if they're that low on staff that they they require they like they need mechanics they'll pay for that to get you on site if you already have it it's basically a plane ticket and you can just land on site and book straight in wow that's crazy that's pretty cool so uh what about like pay rates i get because you want to talk about like difference hold on he wouldn't talk about like your so once you have your licensing, right? Oh, we yeah. were talking about states earlier. Track. Do you do you have to have different licensing across each state line, or will each state recognize that one license that you have? Yeah, so it so the whole country recognizes the the basic um, the core fundamental certificate of of whatever mechanic. You are so I when I did mine, it was a very umbrella type course. It covered everything very, very loosely, but I got hydraulics, electrics, brakes, air, um drivetrain, the whole the whole deal. Where at the moment now it's it's getting broken down into more refined. So you will be a um you'll do an apprenticeship for heavy road plant, so trucks. You'll do an apprenticeship for agricultural equipment, for construction equipment, for uh, light vehicles. So it's it's really becoming more and more niche. So not just because just because you're say a truck mechanic doesn't it doesn't stop you from working on construction. You can still work on anything. That piece of paper just recognizes that you've done your training on trucks and the fundamentals around trucks. So if you were a ag or a construction dealer who wanted to hire a truck mechanic, that like a, a mechanic who has his truck certificate, it's completely up to them if they want to do that. They they just now know that he might not have a, a, a in-depth understanding of hydraulics for as, as say, because a truck doesn't have the same hydraulic system as, a, as an excavator. Yeah. 
I know you that were makes sense. I know you were asking us before we started recording, like in regards to whether or not we have like special licensing between states. And I know we were kind of talking about how mechanics here obviously don't have licenses to do their job. They just do their job. Um, but the only licensing that I could specifically think of, and I'll only use Texas because that's the only one that I've really had to learn about. So in regards to like our big service trucks, if they just roll with a Texas license plate on, they can only roll within the state of Texas. Is that non-CDL required or CDL required only? CDL required. Sorry. Non-CDL just does whatever they want. Um, if they have a CDL, they if the plates on the truck only stay Texas, they have to stay in Texas. If they say Texas with apportioned on it, little word apportioned um they can roll out of the state of texas into the surrounding states for oklahoma example though that if we want to roll a truck into the state of oklahoma with a texas non-apportioned plate we have to pull trip and fuel permits so not just not just a trip permit you have to pull a fuel permit as well and there's a it's crazy there's a thing on our our cdl licenses uh, for intrastate and people keep texting me. I'm sorry. Um, intrastate and I forget what the other one is. If you have the wrong one, you can't cross state lines with your commercial driver's license and in a commercial vehicle. It's stupid. That's probably the only stipulation. So like for the five fifties, most of the five fifties aren't running under CDLs. I mean, I think you just carry your CDL now at this point I because do. you've it's... had it for so long and you just don't want to lose it because it was such a pain in the ass to acquire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's probably the only licensing. Now, in Australia, do you guys have unions or are you because we interviewed a person not that long ago uh, that was from Canada? And he was telling us that a lot of it is unionized, and I was I was kind of shocked, I guess. Um, but yeah, the um, the way we get employed over here, it's you get the you get a, a contract specific to your your requirements, basically. So there'll be a blanket or an umbrella um, contract that you have to agree to, and you can you can. You can barter with rates or benefits, whatever they're, whatever they're willing to barter you with. With um, it all depends if they they want you or not. If they want you, they're gonna almost rewrite that contract if need be. But, um, and because that's that's a contract, that's a legal binding binding document. So if they if they go outside of that, go straight to a solicitor. You can you can take them to court. You can sue for um, unfair dismissal if need be, or if the, if the shoe fits kind of thing. So yeah, the, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of site, there's a lot of sites that are very union based. These sort of union based sites are more focused around the safety aspect of the, of the work. So yeah, you don't, don't see a lot of union sites sort of disgruntling on, on pay. It's more more safety. They'll shut the site down due to a safety infraction that the workforce thinks is unsafe, but the employer might say, "No, nah, mm-hmm. it's it's right, guys. Go back to work." I gotcha. Um, 
You had me on a roll and then you stopped me. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I find it interesting that they call it solicitors, not lawyers. Oh, is that what he meant? I think I think that's what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Same, 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 same. Same thing. They're probably not the same, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> They're probably still as equally ruthless. So I have one more question, and then we'll jump to something else. But going back to the, the what do you call it, uh, mechanic ticket, if I decided after 17 years, I'm, I'll be doing wrenching uh, 17 years next month. And if I decided to up and move to Australia, would I have to go through all the training and stuff to get a mechanic ticket? Or can I just be like, look at bitch, I've been doing this for 17 years. Give me one. Yes and no. So they'll do recognized prior learning. So mm -hmm. let's just say you roll, you roll in, get that brain certificate. You just literally have to sit down and tell them, tell them what they need to know. So they'll say, how does a diesel, how does a common rail diesel injector work? I don't know. And you'll tell them. I don't know. <laughs> it sprays. I hope you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, Basically, shit like that. They'll just sit you down, and ask you, "Can you tell us how relay works?" You'd... It clicks. <clears throat> yeah, can you tell us how random shit works. How would you go diagnosing a, an aircon that that's compressor's not not running? I got you. Okay. And then that 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 assessor will basically go, "Yeah, he knows his shit. Give him his ticket. Send him out the door." <laughs> Good to know. I say, I, I know, I vaguely know how an engine, a, a gas engine works. I was told that there's four components. I can only remember three of them. It's suck, bang, blow. What's the four? <laughs> this is bad. Just squeeze it, baby. Squeeze it hard. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> so. You're welcome but, for my humor but, for the day. If we, uh, if we circle, circle back real quick, hmm? if you, um, you, in, in saying that you can you can literally come over and they will recognize your prior learning so an rpl mm -hmm. if you were if you were out swinging spanners since the age of 15 or 14 and you're out on the farm or out in the property or your, your old man had machinery that you were helping him fix and say you didn't did that for 10 years and decided i'm going to go out on my own i want on my own truck i'm going to go do some contract work I don't have my ticket. You can, you could RPL. You can, you don't have to go to school. You can just do that RPL process as an Australian and get your ticket. Hmm. And if there's, if there's a certain couple of criteria that, that assessor, that assessor says, well, I don't think you're, you're as strong in electrics as you are in everything else. then all you have to do is go to college and study the electrical side of, of the program. Fascinating. That's crazy. That's wild. Do you have good benefits and stuff like that in Australia? Do they do does work or places of employment over there provide you like health care, dental, vision, retirement, retirement, stuff like that? No, the the government does that. What? I knew about yeah, Canada. So get... I I didn't know about Australia. Yeah. So um so by law, by law, your employer has to uh, put into your super. Okay. So that it's a certain percentage of, of your wage would go 
directly to super and you can't touch that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got public health care. Is it good? So yeah, it depends where you are. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's basic health care. You can, if you cut your, cut your toe off, mow on the lawn, you can go straight into hospital and it's, it's done. Like you don't have to pay for anything. You go to a public hospital, but in saying that if there's 30 other people who have a more severe injury than you, you you're going to wait there until those 30 people get fixed before they're going to try and sew your foot back on. The sad part is it's the same here. Um, we yeah, pay out of pocket. Yeah. When we got my hospital bills from December, I thought I was going to freaking keel over when I saw that. And that was after insurance covered it. And I, I couldn't imagine people that have no insurance that end up in those situations, but they're probably the reason why we pay high taxes. Yeah. So we can do, we can do private health cover and then there's private hospitals that if you're, if you have a private health fund, you can roll yourself into a, into a, a private hospital and there'll be no no one waiting because 90% of Australia is on the public health system because they mm. couldn't be fucking getting <laughs> paying for it. Why would you pay for something that's free? I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't that's like I, the, I don't think I would. I, I feel like if you're paying for it, you're, you're VIP. <laughs> Front of the line. So with going off of that, let's talk about like, because uh, you want to talk about pay rates versus expenses and oh yeah blah blah, blah. good one since would you say it was six our 68 cents to it's their dollar dollar yeah it's a dollar australian dollar to 68 cents us oh. so technically if you went over there your 68 cents gets you pretty damn far where if he came over here his dollar doesn't get him that far okay i'm living out of a tent <laughs> Literally, put one in our backyard. It's fine. <laughs> uh, more, more so that question. More so that question. Like not, not specifically um, dollars an hour or so, but like you go down to you go down to your your tool shop and buy yourself a a bag of uh, cordless. Just say it, Milwaukee brand. Just say Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> get, get yourself a bag of Hikoki cordless equipment. Hikoki. <laughs> Like, is that is that shit reasonably priced for what you're getting paid? I feel like your definition of reasonable um, varies. Can can you can you afford if you ran over it if you ran over your impact wrench? Are you able to just drive to the shop and buy another one, or are you going to sit there and be like, oh god damn it, now I've got to fucking budget that in? Uh, it's yeah. Usually it's because it's god damn it. You know, I don't really want to spend this amount of money out of pocket right now. Um, so thank God for tool trucks that take weekly payments, you know, because that makes life a lot easier. Uh, I mean, the, the, the wages are, are good here. You know, I, I make good money, but still I'm not going to throw $400 down on a, a Milwaukee. Um, so I, it's tough, man. That's my favorite question. My boss asks that question every time we interview someone is what's their tool value? And I, I, to this day, I don't understand the point of that question. Like what, what does your tool value have to do with 
how you are as a mechanic. I mean, we had someone tell us one time he had a half a million dollars worth of tools in his truck. And all I thought was, can you at least do the job? Can you use them? Yeah. And (laughs) my boss was like, oh, you like snap on. And the guy goes, oh yeah, I'm a snap on guy. And so I thought about it and I was like, man, I see guys that have Harbor Freight and I mean, just junk that they've been holding on for 20 years and they could probably outwrench this guy that's <laughs> spent half a mil on the snap-on truck i've, I've got yeah, a lot well, of shit money. i still i still roll my um my original multimeter that i got as an apprentice that thing's that thing's nearly 15 years old gonna be so we have this it's still oh go ahead sorry <clears throat> we're on a little bit no, of time say, delay she still, <laughs> still she still goes hard I replaced the battery in it about half a dozen times now, but <laughs> it's still strong. So we have a, a, a place here called Harbor Freight. We call it Hobo Freight. A lot of cheap stuff, but it's a place you want to go. Like if you need to buy some big wrenches, you know, that you don't give a damn about and you need to bend them up and stuff, that's a place to go. Instead of going and spending $200 on a 30 millimeter wrench on the snap-on truck, we go down here and pay, I don't even know how much they cost for a six-pack of big-ass wrenches, but uh, I don't know if you have stores like that over there, but that's the place to go to buy cheap shit. It's China yeah, yeah. China brand and shit like that. Yeah, we've got a few few different options depending on where you are, but yeah, well, we got Total Tools is normally the, the sort of go-to. It's a big red shed with all that sort of shit, but... At the same time, it'll have it'll have your expensive stuff in it sitting right next to the cheap stuff. You have Snap On and Mac there as well, or, or what? I guess what does the tool dealer look like there in Australia? So we got we got the Snap On truck that gets around, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty. That's the only way you're going to get get Snap On over here gotcha. is through through that that truck. Um, no Mac tools. But the Snap On guy deals in Blue Point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of smaller tool trucks that will run your run your I'll say lesser brand like lesser named tool brands, but they're still big tool brands here in Australia. Yeah. <clears throat> so he'll run instead of running a specific brand in in that guy's truck, he'll run probably thirty or forty different brand of tools in mm-hmm. that one truck. And yeah, it depends on where you are. If if that guy, if if there's a guy like that in your area that gets around, but nine times out of ten, there's a there's a snap-on guy floating around somewhere. It's crazy, and no Matco. No, no, hmm. never heard of them. <laughs> so what's what's an average pay scale look like? Do you know what your average pay scale looks like where you're at? Um, before, so. You're not going to sort of take in account any overtime rate or any o- overtime hours. Um, a solid, a solid pay, a solid salary would be around sort of the 85, 80. That that's a good wicket. That's a that's um, about the same as here, I think. Wait wait wait, eighty five like eighty five dollars an hour. What are sorry. oh thousand. Eighty-five thousand a year. Oh, okay. Sorry, I sorry. Yeah. My brain was thinking on like an hourly. Yeah, I guess that's about the same. Right. Maybe a little bit higher. Yeah, a little, a little higher in some spots, but I mean that's that's probably about average. 
probably should know this. Maybe. Doing what I, I do. Oops. Sorry. I'm not going to make known like mine, but it's sure. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. I feel like that's a pretty good average if I was to take an average of what across the board what's at our dealership. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So at the at the moment with the uh with the trades trade shortage we've got over here, you could literally go and do a, a fly in, fly out at in the mines and you could be making 120 to 150 per annum. So would doing, you would you consider what you've got going on right now? Is that considered a fairly comfortable wage or is that I mean are you scraping the bottom of the barrel waiting for pay week every time? I mean, what's that kind of look like for, I guess, a field tech maybe versus a, even a shop tech there? Yes, I know a lot of the shop guys, they're not going pay to pay, depending on their circumstance, like, obviously. But they do rely on on overtime or weekend work. Just get get that few steps ahead to be able to have that bit of a cushion when when shit does go sideways mm -hmm. having yeah. kids and all the rest of it you know but um definitely if you're if you're working out of those that that mining industry and you're making those three digits like you're you should be if you're living within your means you should be pretty comfortable <laughs> a lot yeah. of guys yeah a lot of guys yeah don't don't like to live within their means so it's very it's very cool when you can pick up a jet ski or a brand new brand new <laughs> ute dirt cheap because all of a sudden the mines mining's collapsed and everybody's out of work and people need money. Yeah, I uh, I understand that. That's one thing I try to tell technicians, even my husband over here. I like to remind him that we realistically need to build our life around his forty hours because that's. That's all that's guaranteed. I barely work any overtime as it is. I'm I, I lazy know. now. I know, but so. that's what I try to instill <laughs> to technicians when I talk to them is is realistically you're guaranteed 40 hours, whether you're shop or field. And if you choose to live your life outside of those 40 hours, it's not my fault. And that's not my problem that you essentially decided to fuck yourself that way. <laughs> like. That sounds really ruthless and mean, but why is it my job to save your ass? Because you couldn't. Yeah. build your life around 40 hours and yeah i guess is yeah. what's a i guess what's an average work week over there you guys pull in 40 50 60 hours a week yeah the 40 the 40 hours is is sort of the top end of that um but yeah you can there, there's no limit on what i can do if i if i want to work i've worked like 18 hour days some days, nothing with no no limit. I was gonna ask, do you guys have like limitations on your hours? So I know over here you can run seventy four, right? Seventy two or seventy four hours. To be specific. I know. I'm sorry. You CDL. Can, sorry, if you have a CDL, there we go. If you have a CDL, you are legally required that you can only have seventy two or seventy four hours. I think it is, and then you have to have a thirty six hour reset or something like that. Um, do you guys have something similar? Yeah, something, <clears throat> something similar. So we, we have to have a minimum 10 hour break between, between shifts. Oh, okay. So, and then around that, it's, it's really company perspective. They mm -hmm. can say, no, you will not work any more than a 12 hour day 
Yeah. But then when you've got three machines down that all need to be run in the next morning, <laughs> yeah, that, that seems to get lost in translation. Well, yeah, yeah. Norm, normally the big, like the big go-to is the 10 hour break. So you, you can work 14, 15 hour day, but if you don't have that 10 hour break, they're going to pay, they're going to pay for you to come back on shift. Let's say, say you have, say you have nine and a, nine and a half hours break and they on the phone and say, get in your truck and get out and do this job. You go, I've only had nine hours break. You're straight on double time. Shit. I was going to say rumor, rumor has it that a certain individual that recently got shit canned from our previous employer, mm-hmm. it was found out that he was telling individuals to run on personal conveyance to have them run overtime. To get around oh. the log books. Okay. Nice. Dumbass. So I'm going to jump off of all hey. you, what you're talking about right now of working these weird, crazy hours and shit. Uh, in your questionnaire, I've talked about burnout, but job motivation. Oh, you want to know, like, what keeps you motivated, dog? Or how do you stay motivated? Yeah probably more more to the point of how do you get back up after a decent kick in the guts yeah so i've had i've had an absolute shit service manager try to sack me a few times mm-hmm. i out i outlasted that motherfucker <laughs> but Isn't he tried to sack feeling? me for the most oh isn't it <laughs> and then anyway that's a different story but so he tried to get me on just stupid stupid shit and it really, like, it really just fucked with my head trying to work out, am I actually capable of doing the job? If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, and once that, once that gets in your head, well, once it got into my head, it was, it, it took probably a good 12 months to get out of that, out of that rut of, I can't fuck this up. I can't fuck this up. I'm going to fuck this up. Oh, <laughs> I've just fucked this up because I've been overthinking it yeah. and I've fucking gone over things half a dozen times, but yet I've still managed to miss that one bolt that I knew I left loose, but now it's come loose. Hmm. So how have you ever been in that, that similar sort of situation where you've just had that, had that rut around oh. ground fair India and, Every day. No, I'm just kidding. I all the time. All the time. Especially like right now, summer's here. It's hot. I don't want to work. <laughs> no, I have those days for sure. Yeah. Uh sometimes I hate doing what I do and then other days, you know, uh love it because you know you're doing something good. Somebody's recording us over here. um but yeah that what keeps like what keeps me motivated now though is my boss man for sure your boss is pretty kick-ass you know he he goes out of his way for me so i feel like i need to go out of my way for him and you know hearing good job at the end of the day or end of the week is that's that's what keeps me motivated I actually have a boss now that appreciates me, you know. I'm not just a what a what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not just a bitch. A bitch. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Wait, a cunt. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. No, <laughs> no I um, I think the only way I managed to get get over it, I never really had that because I was in the workshop at the time where old mate was trying to get rid of me. I managed to go out and service do a service on a on a little tractor that I just put a new engine in, fully rebuilt this engine, put it back together. It was the first major job that hadn't gone terribly wrong for a good six months whilst old mate was trying to trying to get rid of me. I managed to go out to a major service on this tractor and the farmer came over and said, this thing has never worked as hard as it has in the last six months than it was brand new. That this thing is a fucking weapon. <laughs> I don't know what you did to it. Don't know what you did to it. I don't know how you've done it, but it's fucking awesome. That that just like put the put the cherry on top to the job. I was like, that's that's probably why I do it. Yep. That's it's it's the customer. It's got nothing to do with the with the the, um, the dealership. It's got probably nothing to do with the product itself. It's that. That satisfaction of a job well done. Yeah, right. Hell, the the, de- the dealership could have big black balls or us, and we sell construction equipment. I'll be like, I'll be in on that. Give me a slice to those berries. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, hold on. I like this one question that you'd put on here of with your previous dealer life early on, how do you manage your personal views of company policies without jeopardizing your job? I really like this one mm-hmm. mainly because I come from a manage management standpoint, but I'm curious. <laughs> Sorry, standpoint. Yeah, there we go. I forgot I put that one in there. That's that's a good question. Yeah, let us let's hear it. Was this after a couple beers and you're like, this seems like a real good question? We're gonna ask it. No, I was trying to trying to think because that's that seems to be the core, really the core issue. When you're working in a dealership mm-hmm. is everybody has their own view of how that place should be run yeah and if you were doesn't matter who you fucking ask oh, if i was running this place it'd be fucking run a lot differently i could do it better these guys don't have a fucking clue what they're doing and a lot of people quit over that oh yeah just you shouldn't have treated that one specific customer the way you did mm-hmm. and the, the the straw on the camel's back that breaks it. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people, if they're if they're in a dealership or going into a dealership or want a job within a dealership, I think that's probably the biggest hurdle that you're going to have to overcome to be able to work there happily. Dealerships are definitely hard because there's so many. You got to think about it. You're taking on so many different personalities and you're asking them to mesh and work well together. I mean, we were, I had a training this week and we all had to like take like a conflict management and how we handle things and figure out what our personality types are like. Like I'm considered a high D and that means I'm like very straight, direct to the point. Don't beat around the bush. We're going to fucking get this done and get out of here kind of thing. Um, but then I found out that my conflict style, how I handle things is I am a compromiser and I like to come to agreements with people. And I just, I found that absolutely hysterical because I would like to 
say, and I've probably grown up and matured a bit, but when I was younger, I was a hothead Italian. Like, I mean, I'm going to tell you exactly where to shove it and you can deal with it or not. Now, as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. I'm becoming my mother. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's totally true. Like there's people I'll talk to technicians, all my technicians, they all have differing views of how if they were in charge, how they would run things. Or I have technicians that have come from differing dealerships that have either also been Cat or John Deere or Komatsu or something. And we'll talk about the other dealerships that they came from and how they operated and how it operated in comparison to where they're at now. And, you know, a lot of them, there's some that have really good ideas and very interesting policies of how they run and operate things. And... <sighs> It's so hard because you just, you understand where they're coming from, but then you also are trying to be like, well, this is how we do things here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How, how do you like that wheel? Wheel? The, what's it called? The wheel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the stakeholder wheel. Do you guys have that there at oh. the dealership? Oh, there's the answer. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, we've... We've we've got the yeah we've got the wheel we've got core values and all the rest of it but it mm -hmm. yeah it, it definitely it's 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 open for interpretation that's for sure. I was gonna say so. Let me ask: Do they actually use those, or do they only use those when they want to beat the shit out of you with them and tell you where you fucked up? Yeah, it, it comes out as artillery. That's for sure. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not even so it's not even a joke though because think about it. Like yeah. when you and I were there, the only time they talked about that is he's right is artillery. I, I mean, know. even as a manager there, like I can think of times I was the shitty person that used it as my fucking artillery. Yeah. Yeah. So like they'll you'll um like you you'll even bring that up. Like we'll do a like a branch meeting per se, and someone will bring it up as, as, Hey, you, you guys aren't really partnering with your employees oh, or, or whatever they've, whatever they've got. And so, but, and, and we're trying to, we're trying to improve the workshop facilities or, or something on those lines. And it'll, there'll be some sort of backwards remark about costing or it's not in the, it's not in the budget this year and all the rest of it, but it never, like you could go six, eight, 12 months for an issue to get, to get rectified if it does get rectified and it's like well you guys you guys really aren't keeping to your to your core values that you seem to want to hone into into us i i hate i i hated those and i and like i've said before when i interviewed where i work at now they also have core values and when i saw them on the wall and they asked me about them during my interview my first thought was oh for fuck's sake um <laughs> but i have found my the company i'm currently at like they actually stand by and actually use them for good, not artillery. I like that artillery. Um, and that was that near my end of time at that dealership. I quickly realized that that was a front just to, just to not make themselves look so shitty. Uh -huh. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice if uh, it's, it's hard to say whether, yeah, the upper management actually apply those those core beliefs and you just don't see it further off the further on down the line like i'm face to face with the customer and when you've got a customer 
standing there telling you how long he's had to wait for a salesman to get back to him or that this wasn't right in the deal or that service department on this on this side of things did wrong by him this way. It's sort of hard to keep an open view of, oh, it can't be all their fault. Yeah. You sort of sit back and think, yeah, you sit back and think, yeah, really, is that just a is that just a front to be able to to shit can somebody when they when they need to? Oh, I I 100% believe it. I, I think the only people who truly believe the stakeholder wheel and the core values are in North Dakota. I think that's it. Like those probably are the, to give it away. I don't give a fuck at that point. There's a lot of things in North Dakota. Well, actually, that there's not a lot of things in North Dakota. But I mean, that's probably the only place where it's important. The further the way it gets from the headquarters, I think it becomes less and less important and truly becomes artillery. And that breaks my heart because it could be such a good company, but I think they're losing sight of a lot of things by trying to become the premier John John Deere dealership. John Deere. John Deere. Yeah. If they, if, um, or any, any dealer really, if they sort of didn't ignore their profits, but focused focused on their customer, I think it would it would go a long way with with what every dealer is trying to achieve, and that's that's getting machines out in the paddock. Mm-hmm. Well, not just customers. I think if every company right now in today's day and age, after the spicy cough um, <laughs> and everything else, I think if dealerships truly turned around and looked internally and looked at the workforce, I think there'd be a huge, huge turnaround. I understand people got to make money. They got to pay their bills at the end of the day. But I think if they looked internally, they might figure out that they could make some more money investing internally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. But, so, but hey, ask me ask me about my favorite tool. Oh, what's your favorite tool? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my trousers <laughs> Jesus. yes <laughs> you have to have you have to have a big set of balls to do some of the shit that we do so if you're out there wanting to be a fucking field tech grow a set <laughs> that is fuck me i have i have trained some useless cunts and they haven't been worth the fucking they haven't been worth the effort this is going to be the clip for the yes. preview for this episode, it is this clip right here. <laughs> We're going to talk about your greatest tool that you own. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I have to ask, because you do bring up a good point, you do have, a ha- have to have a set of cojones to do this job and do what y'all do. But you have to have even more cojones to do this job in fucking Australia, okay? Where you got the things that'll just eat you right there next to the machine. I mean, what is probably the scariest thing you've encountered working out in the field by yourself in the middle of bumfuck nowhere? Oh, it's it's definitely the snakes. Definitely the snakes. In the middle of in the middle of nowhere where where a brown snake is one of the most venomous creatures on this planet. Uh And it it just comes out from underneath the truck in between your feet. Fuck no. And you you know if that thing, if that, it doesn't, a brown snake doesn't actually have to bite you. It can, if you're wearing, if you're wearing denim jeans and it strikes at 
strikes at your leg, it goes yeah. through the dent, like its fangs go through the denim jeans and its fang scratches, scratches your skin. If that fang had any venom on it, you could still die from just that scratch. No. Okay. So I guess leading off of that question, <clears throat> are y'all allowed to carry guns or stuff like that? Because I mean, I oh would God. have. I'm sorry, dude. What? Oh, yeah, don't. Um... So the guns, <laughs> we, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably a good, that's a good hour long time. That's a different podcast altogether, that one. But well, basically, no, no, we can't. It's it's a very, um, yeah, it's a very rough subject to get get onto. Yes. But basically, well, basically, no, no, we've our gun laws over here are rather strict. I knew yeah. that. I just didn't know in those situations when you're going out in the backcountry like that, if they would send you with some kind of, I mean. Protection. I mean, like when we would send our guys out to West Texas to go work, they had specific, like, specific GPS radios to get a hold of us when they didn't have cell phone service. Yeah, but we 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 like to not talk about people carrying or anything in their service trucks because it's technically illegal. I understand that, but it was just a curious question. I, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> we so we don't like to wrap people. It's also out. in Australia. I know, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gun laws are very strict there basically and i think we should just leave it at that fine we'll close that wall right there yeah snakes but so no, snakes so, yeah when when you're out in the when you're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere it's yeah i can i can be without mobile reception for well, the longest i was was the whole week so a good five days without, without reception um, so that, yeah, that, that gets the missus going pretty, pretty well when she knows she can't get a hold of me. How do you like check in at least and let people know you're okay? Do they have like GPS phones that you can, I mean, I guess I'm shocked. If I don't know people are home at the end of the day for me, I'm going to be blowing their phone up, but. Yeah. So our, so the vehicles have IVMS so in, in vehicle monitoring, so they're GPS and they don't require a great deal of of coverage to actually send out a ping but as like a sos button on the vehicle we i don't have any of that that sort of stuff so Damn. yeah it's only the it's only the customer that knows where i am or or my missus or the service manager at, at some points there the service manager that was running the show he wouldn't have a fucking clue where i was day to day Damn. Um, I know, I know here, so yeah so it's i was just saying i know here like you can have no reception and I don't know what your number is for emergency services there, but if we dial nine one one here, it'll work even if you don't have reception. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so there's um sim similar sort of scenario, but it really it does really depend on, on where you are. If you are that remote, you might not even get a hold of emergency services. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That's scary. The whole snake thing. That makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Shit. Nah, they're they're harmless. They're mostly harm they're, harmless. Oh yeah, they're harmless. If their their freaking fang barely touches you, you still die. Yeah, <laughs> well, we don't have we don't have fucking mountain lions or bears. I would take a freaking <laughs> mountain lion over that snake all day long. You got kangaroos will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, 
I I got a question for you. Uh, what is your what's your plans? Like, are you gonna keep on doing what you're doing, or what's your future plans? Well, that's a that's a very gray area, very foggy area at the moment. I'm coming up on on ten years long service mm-hmm. at the end of the year, so I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have a good break and spend most of that time standing in the mirror, taking a good hard look at myself. <laughs> is a here you know a lot of guys are going out on their own and doing pretty well is that like an option for you all out there yeah that's that's a big option so a lot of your a lot of your contractors out this way do have a dealer background okay and they've done their dealer they've done a deal a certain amount of dealer time and they're they're running in um running service service trucks well mm. not so much trucks but um <laughs> utes <laughs> service he knows <laughs> yeah not even not even that um <clears throat> like our our ute is not like a is not like an f250 it's mm-hmm. it's smaller than that but they'll they'll still carry the same same weight i got like you same load on the tray kind of thing so yeah they're a lot a lot smaller but yeah you can you can put a, a suspension like a, a weight upgrade in that and, and be able to carry two ton hmm. in the okay. back of a little little pickup and there, that's what a lot of guys, a lot of guys run with. I got you. Okay. Uh, got a good one for you. Stole this from my buddies over at Sweat and Grime. If you could go back and change what you were doing, what uh, what type of career would you be doing? That, yeah, I really would not have a fucking clue. <laughs> um, I would say maybe, maybe a chef, but. I like to cook. I like to cook and and make make shit and make shit that's tasty. Yeah, you make but some mean steaks doing like, it. from what I can see. Yeah, but doing it full time, I think that would just ruin it. Yeah, for sure. Because no, it's probably, like being a mechanic; probably, you don't want to work on your own cars, right? Oh, too right. I've got a I've got a car up in the garage that I need to do something with that I've had <laughs> nearly nearly twenty odd years, and it's <laughs> it's still sitting in the garage there. But. But no, I've, I've doing doing what I do. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the things that I I get to do and see. And yeah, there's not many there's not many careers other than a mechanic that will lit they can, will literally throw you on a plane and send you halfway across the country for. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, that's something. Yeah, something I would I wouldn't mind doing just to do it. You know. Mm. That's pretty cool, honestly. Anyway, man. What do you think about closing this thing out? Yeah, see you all fucking later. <laughs> all right, you over well, us, you over us Americans. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my little closing out deal. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we close this thing out, do you got any advice for the younger gens out there? Throw some balls. Plenty of advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, honestly, if you're if you're starting off. I'll say two things. I'll limit it to two things. Shut the fuck up and just listen. No uh, one, I'm not going to, if you, if you turn around and if you turn around to me and say, yeah, I know how that works, then all my time is wasted on you. You know, everything off your phone, on your bike, off you go, mate. And if you come for me to help stiff shit, mate, you know, fucking everything. You've had <laughs> your shot. You've had your shot and that's it. Oh yeah. Um, plus, you have no idea what's going to come out of their mouth. You might know exactly how that system works inside and out, 
but he might say two words, one word, or might point to something out of the blue and go, that that works into this system. And you'll go, well, fuck me. If I, if I told him that I knew this shit and then came to him and said, what's that? Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> Second, if you're, if you're starting off, if you've got a couple of years, like you're, if you'll say you're doing apprentice, what really grinds my gears is when an apprentice rolls in with a brand new tool bag and he's got all electric flash fucking Milwankee fucking cordless equipment. Milwankee. <laughs> oh my god. If you don't have it, if you don't if you don't have a fucking torque wrench in your toolbox and you're still coming up to me and asking me to borrow a screwdriver, you should not have cordless equipment. If you can't tell me how tight that bolt gets done up with that with that impact like impact driver, you shouldn't be fucking swinging off it. You're going to break more shit than what's worth you actually having it. Well said. Like, <laughs> like you're, you caught like, yes, you cordless, you cordless gear. It's great. It's an investment in your profession, but it's also a cost. Mm -hmm. Like it's batteries are going to die. Shit's going to break on it and you're going to want to replace it. Like it's, it, it, it costs you to have that a spanner. A, if a spanner breaks, like you've either abused it to break it, or you've made it into something else to do the job. Like hand tools, hand tools are your investment. Your cordless gear is is an expense. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And I'll I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Well said. That's great. This, <laughs> there's so many good clips in this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go ahead and give some closing out credits and uh, we'll say our goodbyes and hopefully everybody's going to love this. But uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will and I'm sure they have or however, whatever they're, whenever they hear this, whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, if you guys need to get a hold of me, you can find me at uh, Certified Wrench Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at certified, what is it? Certified wrench underscore podcast, uh, Facebook at certified wrench podcast. Check out the website. Jesus. Um, keep telling yourself you're going to quit. I have one, but it's, uh, it's not that good. It, <laughs> anyway, uh, merch has slowed down quite a bit. You guys help, help a brother out. You know, I don't have any sponsors yet, which in that case, Certified Wrench is open to sponsors now, uh, looking for sponsors, uh, looking to promote whoever, you know, is looking to help us out. And uh, what else, woman? Covered it. Yeah. And if you guys need to find the merch for the last time, link tree link on the Instagram profile. It's on Facebook. It's on my personal Instagram page. You can find anything and everything on that link tree. Anyway, Scruff Dog, it has been a pleasure to finally sit down and chat with you, dude. Oh, it's been great, man. It's yeah. awesome. I really enjoyed this because I've only gotten to hear about the Scruff Dog. I've never actually been able to <laughs> like, talk to you. So this this has been a kick <laughs> in the tail for me. Yes. Uh, good stuff. And uh, I really enjoy the wonderful Snapchats I always get from you. Um, keep them coming. 
<laughs> oh yeah, man. I try to do I try to do more on Instagram and stuff, but yeah, time just gets away with you. Oh, trust me, I know. Anyway, man, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys this thing. Yeah, too easy. Anyway, guys, we are out of here. We will uh, talk to you soon. Bye, y'all. Hooroo. Hooroo.